Welcome to No Room for Phonies. Hello. Welcome. Episode 50. The big 50. 50. Wow. That's Can't quite, believe it, eh? Yeah. That's good. Seems crazy. That's almost a two year well, anniversary. Two are, we are at a two year anniversary. September something was a two year anniversary. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, we've been at this for two years, gone mm-hmm. through a lot of changes. That's all right. But we've evolved, and that's how life is, right? But today, topic is strategies that build community in schools and my idea of what all schools should be promoting so we're going to talk about that and we're going to mention again buttered rum is the october we haven't had a chance to do that yet or the september one because it hasn't got yeah and it's not cold it wasn't yeah it wasn't cold enough and um it isn't cold enough yet Mm. for hot buttered rum so uh, the first day that we actually see that's cold, I think we'll Try get it. some hot buttered rum out. Maybe Halloween when we're giving out candy sitting on our rocking chairs on um, the front in the porch cold. <laughs> in the cold. Maybe that will. But buttered rum is two thirds of a cup of packed dark brown sugar, a half a cup or one stick of unsalted butter at room temperature, a quarter cup of honey, half a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon of nutmeg. An eighth of a teaspoon of cloves, a pinch of salt, three quarters of a cup of spiced rum, which is one of your favorite things, right? Yep. And two cups of boiling water and four sticks of cinnamon for garnish. So that's enough for four four, cups of rum. That's a lot, yeah. So using an electric mixer, you beat the brown sugar, the butter, the honey, the cinnamon, the nutmeg, the cloves, and the salt in a medium bowl, and you blend it until smooth, and then you put the mixture into a four-cup or larger measuring cup add the rum and then two cups of boiling water and then stir it until the butter mixture dissolves nice and then four mugs and cinnamon sticks that does sound like a nice halloween to sit on the front mm-hmm. i don't even know what day of the week halloween is on this year but anyway it sounds like something i have to fun look it to up do. i'm not sure doesn't matter anyway book recommendation we'll get back to you maybe i'll post a picture on the website of the us drinking buttered rum on halloween um the book recommendation that i'm recommending is rising strong by brene brown i've obviously um uh put out lots of other things by brene brown i obviously i respect her research Mm -hmm. and this book is for anyone who wants to be able to step outside themselves and avoid judgment and learn to take life as it comes which is part of the reason why I put this podcast together was just to talk about taking life as life comes and reset when you need to because we do we need to reset and I we usually do every single day at some point reset I've only listened uh, to the audiobook to the first two or three chapters, and I like how it's about rising from those hard knocks in life. Yes, and she's not we, saying... Because the hero stories, often we hear about the disaster, and then they jump to the, wow, look what they did. and yeah, no, this So is, this is slowing it all down to... And this is what's kind of in between. And also, I think that... Um, Sometimes when you rise strong, it doesn't have to be out of something like trauma or whatever. No, it's, it's trauma. Not. Like you don't have to compare what happens to you to somebody else. No. Whatever you go through is what you go through. So Brene Brown is actually very easy to listen to and she is very real. She tells a lot of stories about her marriage and her friends and 
a lot with per, everything with permission. Well, and her but, research case studies too. And courage is actually about facing your fears and actually living your values instead of just kind of talking about them. And it is setting boundaries while still believing that everyone is doing the best they can. And I think that's such an important um, aspect of life. We've talked about that before, that unconditional positive regard and just believing that everyone is doing the best they can. And then hopefully um, they believe that about us too. Yeah. Right? Right? You can so, only hope. Yeah. And the podcast, I've stuck to food for the podcast recommendation. And this is called just, I guess it was Thanksgiving and I was cooking a lot. So okay. I was looking at food things. Uh, kitchen confession, pour yourself a coffee, pull up a chair and let's talk. So um, the business, the kitchen, foodie experience, they interview professionals, home cooks, chefs, sommeliers, entrepreneurs, anyone with a passion for food and their price for admission onto the podcast is their most embarrassing kitchen confession. That sounds fun. So we so they they're looking for stories. So we, if you're a we, home cook and you have a great story, we have a great story. I think we should contact them. <laughs> I think we should because there's always the chicken. Remember that chicken that almost burnt our house down? There's that one. There's that one. There's the seafood. Our last purchase oh, yeah. before. One. That rotted in the back of the car because we forgot to bring it in. So, yeah. Mm. So maybe we will be contacting them. And then the question to ponder is kind of based on Brene's uh, book. Do you think that everyone is doing the best they can? Something to consider. Unconditional and if you positive want, regard. And if you want to get like some uh, research around that, listen to Brene Brown's book. So on to the topic, strategies to build community in schools. What should all schools promote? So I think the first number one thing that students, that schools should promote is student self-belief. Students acting as their own learning agencies, agents working to achieve meaningful goals. So it has to be a promoted as a student-centered place. I worked in a couple of environments where they were not when I arrived and it was a and the philosophy was well happy teachers happy students. And I think that is not a is very that good like a happy wife happy have, life pretty much but I don't think it so students should be working autonomously enjoying relationships with others and feeling they're competent to achieve their objectives and like cultivating intrinsic motivation and self-determination and engagement. So that's where I say that schools should be promoting kid-run schools. And I'm not saying if all the mean. teachers should stay home, but <laughs> assemblies and clubs and everything should show and highlight student leadership all the way through. And teaching agency I think is huge because so many kids don't have that from their home no. environments but if kids had their own agency and a sense of you know not 
anarchy, but no, a but sense of setting the direction that they want to go in. To learn. Right, and I always liked having in elementary school a student parliament that could bring ideas forward to teachers and say, this is what we'd like to do. And they they were crazy. They were not like earth shattering things like they sometimes they were candy grams to earn money so that they could, you know, do it, make have a dance or do something. But, you know, then they were also the ones that were involved when we sponsored families at Christmas and they were organizing the toys and the mm. and promoting that class to class and helping. And so pretty much everything. And I remember that went, our kids choosing themed baskets. Yeah. So they, the class as a group discussed what theme that they could use and. I think good schools promote teachers as central to engagement. Teachers need to be approachable, well-prepared, and they need to understand and be sensitive to their students' needs. Mm -hmm. So when I say that all schools should promote it, I also feel that all schools should be monitoring that, right? So when a teacher is struggling and is not approachable and prepared, then they, I think that is the job of the principal to hold them accountable. Oh, and to coach them. And, and coach them. them. Yeah. Learning has to be active, collaborative, and fostering learning relationships, learning groups, peer relationships, focus on social skills. I remember one of the things that I did when I was at every school was after in September, then again after Christmas, and then again after March break, I would call the kids back into the gym and we would go over our values and principles and goals and and guidelines for the playground, the hallways, how we treated each other. And it was kind of like my opportunity to reteach all that stuff mm -hmm. and to let them know that I, that's what we promote here. We're kind to each other. We problem solve. We are respectful of the custodian like after Christmas when there was a boot thing and kids older kids didn't want to wear boots outside but they were dragging in mud like just that opportunity to talk to kids about what real life and, and when kids arrive at the school partway through they have to learn the new culture yeah. and so I always did that um Educational experiences for kids that are challenging, enriching, and extending of their academic abilities, like that idea of reflecting and questioning and conjecturing and evaluating and making connections between conjecturing, ideas. Conjecturing, that sounds like something from Harry Potter. Conjecture, what is it? You, <laughs> I'm asking you, you're the big language person. <laughs> Conjecture is kind of like informed guessing. Yeah. So Pardon. they, yeah. But it sounds like... What's the word when you have a magic um, spell? Hypothesizing. No, the be... magic spell word is... Oh, I don't know. I don't anyway, know what you're that's... referring to. But conjecturing is like apotho... hypothesizing. Hypothesizing. Ensuring that all cultures are welcome and students are from diverse backgrounds are affirmed and accepted. Very, very difficult in our super white communities. Yeah. Because I saw it and... Oh, my goodness. And They're... it's sad that they have learned from generation to generation to keep on promoting but that. But how did I do it in my school? We had a multicultural day. We always, in one school, we had Just before rules. Like, remember, we had that multicultural. Yeah, no, 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 I know. But yeah. other times during the year, you did other things. Oh, too. yes. But I mean, we had a, always had a big celebration. The one school, we had a multicultural lunch. And people brought in right. food from all their different 
backgrounds. And I mean, I don't know if you'd get away with doing that today mm -hmm. with food allergies and all the, the things. There's a lot of restriction, more restrictions, but there are lots of ways to celebrate culture. And I've said before, I've listened to Jody Wilson-Raybould's book and it gave me a whole different perspective on um, Aboriginal issues in Canada. And now I'm reading... Five Little Indians are actually listening to it. And oh my goodness, there's another book if you want some perspective. So um, the kinds of things that we teach in social studies and science and the kinds of ways that we teach it, where we allow kids to question and look at current things mm -hmm. that are going on and mm -hmm. have discussion about it. I mean, that can be reading, that can be writing, that can be history, geography, social studies science even where you talk about things absolutely but there's a space for diversity and all of that yeah um i think uh schools should promote um investing in a variety of support services and valuing every part of the community from the custodian to the volunteer to the little kindergarten kid to the people that clean at night I mean, I used to do this thing for the night cleaners where I gave a class the golden dustpan. Mm -hmm. And uh, before anybody started cleaning, I would go around and see how clean their classroom was before the custodian got in there. And, you know, they would win pizza or popcorn or something. But what it promoted was that you do not just leave your room. Did the of... evening night uh, cleaning crew get to award the golden Well, night? they didn't ever want it to, right? Oh, okay. Because they... Yeah, I get but it. the point of it was that you don't just leave your room crappy. You clean it up before you, and you put your stuff away. And, you know, and there were so many times I would go into a classroom in an evening. And I would just be like, are you kidding me? And I'd go to the kids the next day and say, you can't leave your classroom like that. So and then, I mean, we have educational assistants and volunteers and people coming in and out of schools. So everybody who walks into your school has to feel valued. And I will tell you that parents, when they came into my school, would say to me, wow, there's a really nice atmosphere here. Like kids open the door for you and kids mm -hmm. treat you like, you know, yeah, just the respect. It's respect. It's right? infectious. It, it goes it goes around. Um. Schools need to pr promote adapting to changing student expectations. And so as new strategies and research and everything emerges, and it does all the time, just like it does in medical research right. or any other kind of research, then you should see your school promoting, okay, well, you know... 25 years ago, we used to teach reading this way. Well, guess what? We have a better way, and here it is. And they should be telling you what, what the difference is and mm -hmm. what, what we do now that's better than what we did before. And then what you had as when you were a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because a lot for a lot of parents, their only school experience was one the, the one they had. So when they have their kids coming home and saying, oh, we're doing this or that or something else, they don't understand it. So spend some time and don't just do it at parent council because people don't understand it. And what about getting a little group of parents together and having them do like a little presentation on what they what they understand about things right. like and I always had a big question and answer uh, around report cards and mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm going to get into that obviously the next time. And one that I like is enabling students to become active citizens. Yeah, and, and to that kind of look for ways to yeah. make the world a better place, starting with their classroom. Well, and that's why school. we do things like the Terry Fox. Uh, Earth Day uh, litter garbage pickup across the community where the class that had the most weight in garbage won something at, mm -hmm. in each division and you know all those kinds of things singing I used to take kids to sing at Remembrance Day um, services in the community and then hold a Remembrance Day service back at our at our school so there's so many ways that you can you know, and the Christmas baskets and the, all those kinds of things. Because I don't know how many kids are actually going to remember that geography or math lesson. But they're going to remember that experience. Like we one time we just collected used clothes and boots and purses and whatever. And it went to a company that recycled them and used them. And, you know, we got actually got some money out of it. They waited and you got a portion back. And hmm. I mean, just so many ways to engage. And I think we need to have schools that promote kids developing their social and cultural capital and their sense of belonging and understanding how things work. So that's why you do things like student government so that kids get to under start to understand how democracy works like from the inside out and how um, in certain cases it's safety you know I always said safety won out over everything in the school because yeah. if it wasn't you know kids would say oh well the, the best one I did and it worked out Where great it would be fun but safety comes first mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The best one I ever did was the grade eight class when they were graduating said they always wanted to stay after school and play hide and seek in the school. And I said, okay, you can. We have to have permission from all your parents, but you can. There's no problem. You yeah. can do that. And they had a blast. And they had a blast. And I made rules like you can't be pulling out teachers private property and you can't be messing up things. But Oh my gosh, they had a great... They're too busy having fun. They were just having fun malicious. and they found some pretty cool hiding spots in the school and they just ran around. I let them run around and have fun. Well, and it's that, and it was, it's that scary aspect of it. Yeah, being and that was social and... to me. That was social capital. That They had a sense of belonging. They were celebrating themselves as a group of grade eights that mm. were graduating and it was fine. The fire alarm went in the middle of it, but we said I'm sure they that. all remember all of that. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> so what happens when you actually have a school that isn't promoting sort of the right things? And what happens when you want to change a culture or a practice? You don't give up and walk away. No, no. <laughs> and I, I'm just telling you these things because these are some of the things that you're going to experience yeah. if you sit as a, a parent and say, let's let's have some more events. Let's do. And COVID is ending now. And I think it's going to be hard for people to say, oh, let's have a barbecue outside. Nothing wrong with having a barbecue outside. Yeah. Right. By mm -hmm. June, for mm -hmm. sure. So but what happens is that people feel awkward and often self-conscious because they're like, Oh, is there something wrong with what we have been doing? And why like and and usually there's nothing and there's nothing wrong with what's been going on. It's just change is just what you do. Yeah. Like 
And it takes vulnerability and realness and consistency to win trust in people. So they have to start believing that you know what you're doing and that, you know, you're going to, if there are mistakes made or things don't go right, that you're going to be okay with that. And a lot of times people focus initially on what they have to give up. To have a change. Yeah. So I no, I've always been able to leave school like at three o'clock. And if we start doing things, then I might have to be here in an evening. And I don't want to give up like, you know, there's all kinds of things that people feel. And sometimes people just start feeling really alone, regardless of who else is changing and what's going on. They start feeling really isolated. And it just it's there's anxiety and it's Mm -hmm. unnerving. And remember that people can only handle so much change at one time, right? So sometimes you just have to move a little slower and people will respond to their to their own assumptions about things and not what was really intended. Right. So you come in and you start doing something and people assume, oh, they're just trying to show off or now they're trying to push us that to, to do all these crazy things and we're not ready and... Meanwhile, your intention is to create a school that promotes community and moves people forward. And if you make a change and then you take the pressure off, people just revert to going back to do what they did before. Just like that. If you don't, whatever you value, you monitor and you Mm -hmm. hold people accountable for. And people are always at different levels of readiness to change, right? I mean, you see that in your job, right? Yep. Some people are, um, you know, oh, yeah, let's go for this. And other people are like, whoa, I, I you know, I don't want to give up what I know how to do. So yeah. that's a little bit too scary. Sometimes, though, there are better, there's sometimes a voice of reason because, you know, change agents sometimes want to just barrel through and they mm-hmm. don't think of maybe all the perspectives and somebody who might be a little bit more cautious can point out some of the potential pitfalls and not that they don't want to change. They just want to make sure change happens well. Right. Because changing a culture is a process. Yeah. Like a, a lot. And sometimes depending on how long the process, the culture has been in place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the balance in a school is that there are certain things that you just have to do properly because it's best for kids. And so you can't. And like we like said, I've entered environments where the where st- teachers said that they didn't need to go out on duty because the kids were just really good. <laughs> so kids are kids. They oh no not here they we don't need a whole bunch of people outside. Because yeah, kids, meanwhile, there those, were those were the problems. kids with. Uh, I yeah, guess they we were can't a lot really of problems. <laughs> Positive aspects of school culture is that the the um, environment should be joyful and fun. It should have compassion and and relationships. It should expect effort but not perfection. And it should be an optimistic environment. Like you should never hear, um, oh, your kid is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, it should be a place of hope. Mm-hmm. And there should be emotional intelligence taught empathizing and labeling and validating struggles with anger and frustration. Yes, you are frustrated right now. That is normal. This is how we deal with it, that sort of thing. Um, Kids need to be developing good habits and stimulus and distractions should kind of be removed at times so that kids can 
can concentrate and goals should be public and one goal at a time and never give up. Like let's just, and your community should have a goal. Sometimes they change. Like at, at certain times, my goal was, okay, we're going to, um, I would just sit, tell the kids, oh, we're going to collect um, so many hearts and with uh, with notes on them and then we're going to drop them at the old folks home and our goal is this many hearts like but goals should be public and what do you mean by removing stimulus and distractors like clutter let's just be honest <laughs> clutter you mean like bulletin boards Terrible, that are two years old yeah. with previous students work yeah. still on the board yeah those kinds of things clutter they it need they need to be neat organized environments where kids can learn and concentrate and whatever and sometimes stuff too much stuff is distracting so yes. that's what i mean okay self discipline and self regulation there should be lots of playtime mhm mm kids need to play and the environment needs to be rigged for calm. So this is what I was saying before. Organized and manage and removal of the chaos and clutter. And eat healthy and eat together. So Yeah, teachers should eat with kids. and Yeah, there should be a bit more of that. So here's just some things that make a school great. Teachers believe that all students can learn. If you are in my child's school and you don't believe they can learn, then goodbye. Wouldn't that be nice? I know. Like, don't let your classroom door hit you on the way out. <laughs> you should not be an educator, and you need to find another profession. If you do so not believe So basically, teachers all, must believe all students can learn. Um, students from all backgrounds who are racially, ethnically, linguistically, or economically different are learning. Like, if the school is majority white, but the black kids are failing, then it's a bad school. Yeah, because then the black kids are being treated differently. Yeah, because of race. and that's not okay. It's not. Not okay. Teachers must know their content well. Some students are not learning because their teachers haven't learned it. And a first... You mean the teachers are one day ahead of the kids? Sometimes, but... <laughs> But even that, I can understand that. But are you yeah. spending the time? Right. So that well, a first year teacher, that's going to have yeah, the case. And but, or the won't... first time you teach a grade. Right, for sure. But you have to be willing to put the time in, you right? You not go home at 3.15. Yeah. Yeah. The school needs to communicate with parents clearly and frequently about important issues and ask for input before making decisions because the school serves the community. And if major changes are happening or your child is behaving poorly, then there should be a phone call, an email, communication, communication. Nobody in a school environment should have to beg for information. Schools should promote communication. The principal should be supportive of teachers and building teacher leaders because you can't run a school alone and you can't micromanage it. But... Um, you know, you also have to hold teachers account accountable. School must be safe. I referred to that. Um, school safety is first because it's like the tail that wags the dog. If kids don't feel safe, they're not going to learn. Yeah. Like it's too. Well, and though, and some will feel permission to be hostile in their behavior yeah. because they see it happening in the adults. And schools need appropriate and up-to-date resources. Absolutely. 
And I mean, obviously, teachers should not be racist and bullies and pedophiles and be a danger to the community. Well, there's a whole big safety thing right there. Yeah, but, but um, you know, a good school visibly and substantively improves the community it is embedded within. And I think we have lost that aspect of it. COVID didn't help. But I, there's no reason we oh, can't return to that. Pre-COVID, I think. I think. I think recovery from COVID is an opportunity to rebuild the, all of this back into schools. And a good school adapts quickly to social changes around us. Like, for example, um, you know, when I first started teaching, of course, we didn't have um, any um, transgender. Like, we really, no. I never dealt with that in grade seven and eight. But certainly, by the time I retired. We were dealing with that and not dealing with it, but it was part of our community. And so you have to adapt to that and you have to use every resource, advantage, gift, opportunity it has to grow students and just make every opportunity available to kids. So if you have a parent who has some amazing talent, like parents should be in and out of schools all the time because they're part of the community. Community members should be in and out of schools. I always had the people from the library in, the mayor, the people from council. Like you had the credit union. The credit the union. The banks came in and did presentations with kids on financial literacy. Like there's so We did a program one time in one school where the kids went out and did like co-ops in all kinds of businesses, like from the animal... Um, SPCA. SPCA, they worked in there to all kinds of places all over to restaurants and all kinds of things. And those were grade seven and eight kids. They were not high school kids. Hmm. A good school has students who get along with and support one another towards their goals. That's a good school. A good school produces kids that read and write. Nobody should get to the end of grade I'm going to say grade six and not be fairly competent at reading Mm -hmm. and writing. And I don't mean not using technology. Kids kids love reading by nature. If they're unable to, they love being read too. Yeah. And they should love reading because they've given, been given opportunity to read all kinds of different things. Which is where the, 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 the curriculum, if it hasn't already been adjusted, should, should be not about teaching reading to do some kind of task. Because that takes the joy of reading. No, absolutely. Out of it. A good school admits its failures and limitations, but works together as a community to grow and become better. Yeah, we're not very good at this right now, but we're working on it. It has diverse and and compelling measures of success that everybody understands and values. So um kids should know what's worth understanding and a good school actually speaks the language of the children and the family and the communities that it serves. So teachers, it's not about you changing the community. It's about you understanding the community that you're in and meeting their needs. You don't mean actually speak the language as in whether it's French no, or English. No, no. I mean, if you're in a poverty, like you're not going to make progress with kids in a community that has poverty in it if you are... If you come across like you're, you're part be- of the 1% and you're yeah. better than them. You know, yeah. the, I think one of the things that made the biggest difference in some of the communities that I served in, I would say, I'm just a mom like you. I've struggled with, you know, 
money and finances and being able to get what I need for my kids. And a good school improves other schools and organizations that it's connected with. And a good school understands the relationship between curiosity, inquiry, and lasting change. People, kids need to be able to ask questions. A good school uh, makes sure that every single student and every family feels welcome and understood on equal terms. Wow, so even the nice? bad kid, like I've had mm-hmm. parents call me and say, oh, I don't want my kid in the classroom with that kid because that kid's bad. And I'm like, thank you for joining our community because that is not, you know. Equal terms. No. And kids should be asking questions with frequency and ferocity, which is like for ferocity, if however you say it. Ferocity. Okay. Well, I... But ferocious, ferocious, ferocity, <laughs> ferocious, ferocity. Sorry, but that means that you've got kids that are enthusiastic and engaged, right? Students should be changing the school. The school shouldn't be changing the students. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think one of the things that schools need to promote and understand is the difference between a bad idea and the bad implementation of a good idea. Yeah, that's big. Because we lose a lot of things um, because somebody didn't implement them very, very well. well. Like Some kinder- of the, new the new kindergarten program in the DSBN. Yeah. That's a perfect example. It was badly implemented. Mm-hmm. And professional development should be strong. Mm-hmm. And it should be happening all the time. If teachers aren't engaging in professional development in groups together, not off on these little whatever, oh, I'm learning this today by myself, that's not professional. Um, And a, a, a good school is authentic and transparent. And it values teachers and administrators and parents as all agents of student success, like all working together. Good schools teach kids to think. Um, A good school is about making technology, curriculum, policies, and other pieces less visible than students and hope Mm -hmm. and growth. Mm -hmm. So that's what good schools do. A uh, good school is disruptive of bad cultural practices. Including intolerance. Yep. Income, faith, sexual preferences, illiteracy, apathy toward the environment. Like, no joking about some of these poor parents that I had that couldn't read. No. Set up a literacy program in mm-hmm. your school mm-hmm. and help them or bring them in to read. And um. I think we have to get past kids seeing themselves as good students, but rather as themselves, knowing themselves, because a student is just a label. Yeah, just like, like a well, and some of those banners that would say we are the best school, da, 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 like yeah, what I makes don't think you that the, really. No, it wasn't anything it, to do with it's the artificial kids, and any. phony. It wasn't anything to do with the kids. Well, the kids might believe it if they see a banner, but what what is, but what's the, the evidence that they're the best school? Yeah. Anyway, why even use that kind of language? And hope, um, empathize, and. Em- Kids that have empathy, critical thinking, protecting, 
a good school will connect with other good schools and and they'll connect students too so the idea of pen pals and all that sort of thing so you know there's just a million ways that a school uh, a good school isn't afraid to ask for help a good school moves gifted students as far as they move st struggling students mm -hmm. that's a huge one so, and a good school doesn't exhaust its administrators and its teachers. Yeah. It has some kind of momentum. So, the, the bottom line is a good school seeks to grow great teachers who seek to grow all students to shape and change their world. So that, I guess, in Can a I nutshell, in a nutshell, is what all schools should promote. What, you is want that to you? quote Did me? Did you write that? No, okay. I, I read it, but I read it somewhere. I would have changed some of the wording. But yeah, yeah. A good school seeks to grow great teachers who seek to grow all students to shape and change their world. So I think that's a lot of great ideas and what uh, schools should promote. But I think the bottom line is you have to remember that school is practice for life. So if you build a great community within a school where you teach kids to be tolerant and listen and learn and respect each other and respect themselves and learn about themselves, then they'll grow into people who can give back to the community and who can okay. work at a job that's difficult, but know that they can get through it because they're smart. They have and the they skills. Have resilience and they have resilience. So and... we do want... Uh, schools to be communities that do all the things that we talked about today. So the final episode in the education series comes at the end of the month, October 30th. Okay. And the reason I'm doing it is that probably a lot of people will we'll be, just getting be getting their, their report kind of cards. first set of report cards yeah. around that time. So I'm going to do assessment report cards and understanding how your child is doing at school. That sounds like a really useful episode. Yeah, so I hope that you can take some of the these ideas on um, what schools should be like, what kinds of community your school should have, and build on that and do some grassroots things that really help to build your school's community. A pancake breakfast or a... a a cleanup, a community cleanup, or, yeah. you know, all kinds of things that can promote. And don't forget that schools are for kids. And so kids should be running the show. So thanks for joining us for building great schools. What should all great schools promote? And we'll see you next time for assessment, report cards, and the like. So thanks for joining us for this thanks 50th for episode of No Room for Fun.